Have those Marvel blues while Black Widow's theatrical release date is consistently delayed? Well, turn that frown upside down because yet another MCU podcast is here to guide you through the MCU one movie at a time. That's right, Mike. Each episode, we break down one movie from the MCU and talk about its connections with the source material, comic books. Which means I get to learn so many fascinating things like about Alpha Flight. The Canadian Avengers. Who knew? And Moon Knight. A multiple personality superhero. Seriously? And then there's Man-Thing. Yeah, not really sure how to explain that one. Pretty sure no one can. Yet another MCU podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hey guys, Mike here from the editing booth, aka my living room after we've recorded our episode. I only have one question. Do you remember the sound that VHS tapes made after you've recorded over a TV show and watched that TV show way too many times back in the 90s? Well, that's kind of what our episode is going to sound like today. Something happened with the microphones. Not sure exactly what. I didn't catch it until after the fact, and we've already recorded the episode. So it is what it is for this episode. Next week will sound normal as always, but for this episode, it's going to sound a little muffled. It's kind of cool in a uh, very disappointing and frustrating way for me. Uh, Hopefully it's not too bothersome for you guys. Uh, I just wanted you to know that I am aware of this issue and it will be fixed next episode. But this episode, it sounds a little wonky, but still totally listen to as long as you find us listen to which is also not a phrase, I don't think. Anyway, here's our episode. Welcome to Two Player Bros Showtime. <laughs> I'm Mike. With me, as always, is Dave. And today, we're bringing you some of our hottest takes on video games. Eh, we're just going to talk about video games. Do we have takes? Uh, I don't know. Cool. Do we have hot takes? I'm I'm pretty PG. I'm I'm, van- <laughs> I'm vanilla with my takes. I mean, I like pretty much everything. Breath of the Wild kind of sucks. That is a that is kind <laughs> of a hot take. <laughs> Your your Phoenix your stance on Phoenix Rising versus Breath of the Wild, I guess, is your hottest take. There we go. And even that, I think, is kind of mild. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first things first, Dave. You've been playing a game lately. Let's talk about the game you've been playing, Monster Train. I don't want to talk about. <laughs> you didn't want to talk about. It? All right. Well, you said you wanted to talk about Monster Train. I just told you I've been playing. I didn't realize we we're going to open the show with that. Oh, I'm sorry. You want me to open with something else and segue into you? Well, no. Now everybody knows. <laughs> I mean, I can cut that part out. It's the magic no, of editing, David. No, no. I'll tell you about Monster Train, Mike. Uh, yeah, I've been playing this game. I've been playing a handful of games, but Monster Train is... I've been a few hours into that. It's on Game Pass. I don't know. It's a, it's a cool card battler game. You, uh, you're you on a train going down the path, and you just have to fight like these waves of enemies. It's... I don't really know how to talk about it. It's a, it's a good time, though. <laughs> it's like a series of battles. They get progressively harder, like more difficult bosses. But as your train's driving down the tracks, you can eventually like take like pit stops to power up cards or 
like gain bonuses and buffs for your characters and stuff. Uh, when you win matches, you earn rewards that are randomized. So it's, it's a game that's made to be replayed over and over again. It's a, it's not, it's single player. So it's not quite like a hearthstone or anything like that, but it's, it's a fun card game for sure. Now, how long is the campaign? Cause it seems like it was meant to be played over and over again. Yeah. Um, I'd say most of my runs, you know, I'm never like looking at a clock while I'm playing, but mm-hmm. I'm, I've done probably, I've probably done 15 runs. Um, and I'd say most of them come in around 25 to 30 minutes for a complete run. Um, that's not bad at all. I've only ran maybe like four or five complete runs <laughs> and <laughs> usually end up failing. I'm just getting into it. It's, it's a good time though. There's different like factions and stuff. So, you know, each faction you choose kind of like has a strong influence on the deck that you get. So, you know, different types of cards, like there's a class that's mainly based around healing, a class that's mainly based around uh, like fast, furious damage, a class based around spells. And then there's two more classes, but I haven't unlocked them yet. I'm still working my way Ooh. up to them. But yeah, you choose your main class and you choose like an auxiliary class. So you like, you can kind of like uh, augment your healing deck with cards from either the spellcasting deck or the attack-based deck, just to kind of like give your deck some flavor. That's cool. Now I didn't play. I played basically the first mission because I'm I'm really not that much into card battlers. I never have been. But when I was playing, I was surprised how much they kind of just and I kind of appreciated it, how much they kind of just threw you into it. They weren't like, hey, here, read this long instruction booklet. It was just here, play the game and learn how to do it that way. I kind of really appreciated that way. Yeah, they the, did the tutorial. I don't really remember how much of a tutorial they gave me, but I feel like I very quickly knew what to do and how to do it. The first run or two where you don't really know like what cards are important, it's a little bit tricky because you don't really know what cards to upgrade. You have uh, like your mana pool, like in the game, the cards and you have your mana, like, so you can only use cards that have certain mana values when you have enough mana. So, you know, some cards cost one or two or three and you have a pool of like three per turn or four per turn or whatever. So you only get three per turn every turn. There's no like ramp like there are in a lot of card games. So every hand is similar. When I was upgrading the first time, I was like, oh yeah, let me take all these high Ember cost cards. Ember is the type of mana. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was playing, I'm like, I've had this card in my hand Every single, every single hand I've played, I can't play it because I never have enough mana because <laughs> it costs four, but I only have three to start. So unless I upgraded my mana pool through one of the upgrades you can get, like I was never going to even be able to play that card. So there's little stuff like that that you have to kind of figure out. But overall, I think you pick it up really quick. You know, it, it does a good job explaining what all the different modifiers are, like as far as like, uh, you know, like taunts and and all the different types of modifiers that card battlers always have um no i I think it did a great job with all that and i think it's just generally a fun quick game to play it's uh, a game i'm I'm gonna keep coming back to it i've added it to my uh like my quick i have a a folder on my xbox called like quick plays which is just like games i can throw on here Mm -hmm. and there like on my uh my games and apps you know you got the pins yeah so i threw it in there i i know it's a game i'm gonna hop into hop out of uh, you don't have to complete a full run. You can just walk away after any battle and just come back and it'll save your progress. So it's uh, it's been fun, though. It's been fun. That's neat. That's neat. Yeah, it seems like Snowpiercer in hell. 
I guess, but cartoony. Yeah. It's got a light kind of animation style for the the quote unquote story to the game. Yeah, the the visuals aren't great. Um, it's kind of cartoony, but like it's there are all the monster designs and stuff are all pretty generic. Um, I had no idea what the story of the game was. I just kind of jump into things like it's a card <laughs> battle. I don't I don't care what the objective actually is. But you were telling me that my objective is actually the I have the last ember of hell and I'm trying to bring it to hell. Where am I trying to bring it? Basically to the center of hell. So you have the last ember of hell because heaven has invaded, taken over hell and made it all basically hell froze over. And your all your characters work for hell and you have <laughs> the ember on top of your train because your train is multi-level and you got to bring it across hell and drop it in and relight, reignite the fires of hell, I guess. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so all, all the art style itself is pretty generic. Um, when you told me that the, all the enemies I were fighting were people from heaven, I was like, oh, I guess they do look kind of heavenly. <laughs> Didn't even notice that really. Other than the fact that they have some like angel wings, I guess. But that might be my oversight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, visually not that impressive. It's just card battlers or something about them that's just fun. Um, resource management and trying to figure out what, what cards to power up, which cards to remove from your deck, which cards to take, which cards to pass on. It's all fun. Just fun. <laughs> good time. That's good. Like I said, I've never been into card games, but I know they're really popular. And this one seemed fun for what it was. Yeah, it, I mean, this game is <laughs> this game is no Hearthstone. Uh, but it's, it's a fun game to hop into. Cool, cool. So it's Monster Train on Game Pass. What's weird is when you told me about it, I couldn't find it on Game Pass. Really? Yeah, I had to search. I tried to search just the word train. It didn't pop up. I had to actually search Monster Train in full on the search bar for it to pop up. Oh, I just saw it on the recently added. It was right there. Yeah, mine wasn't showing up for me. Maybe something was up with my Xbox, but hmm. I ended up getting it. Now it's on the Game Pass like, when I go in. So. Yeah. Um, I also played Torchlight 3 a little bit. That was on Game Pass as well. I only put like an hour in, honestly. If you, you know, we were talking about how uh, Monster Train does a good job kind of throwing you in, um, but also the systems make sense. It's easy to kind of get what's going on. Mm-hmm. Torchlight, the opposite. Not at all. They throw you in. There's there's no tutorials, um, just like Monster Train. But I'm trying to create a character. I have no idea, like, what selections I'm making or anything. Um, I'm leveling up. I don't know what I'm supposed to be powering up. It, it was. It was kind of a mess. And as someone who's, you know, absolutely loved Diablo, loved the first Torchlight, never played the second, I was kind of taken aback by how rough it seemed. Not a very, not not a good time in my short experience. <laughs> Are you going back to that one? No, no, I've I've retired from Torchlight. I'll, <laughs> I'll wait for Diablo Immortals or whatever's coming out for mobile. It's supposed to be pretty good. Mm. For people who have played the alpha. Yeah, I heard they had an alpha last weekend or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I don't. It doesn't have controller support, which kind of sucks. Oh, it doesn't. I'm surprised. That's, that's what I read. They say that it plays like a real Diablo, not like a mobile game at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the like the impressions I was reading about the the alpha were uh, like, oh wow, the it actually feels surprisingly well on the phone. I feel like any phone game review you read mentions how great the controls are on the phone. <laughs> I've never played a phone game that feels good. Like it's always bad. Like Uh, I always thought the, and I know you didn't like it, but I always thought the star Wars kind of Diablo clone when it came out, 
I always felt that felt okay. And I feel like th- these games are kind of meant, they work well for the mobile game. Because you're kind of more, it's you can point and click more than most. Yeah. I, they they feel good for phone games. They don't feel good for... Oh, yeah, no, they'll never like, match up with everything else, yeah. I'll tell you, I haven't played a mobile game in forever, so... When Diablo Immortals come out, it might be the first one I play in a long, long time. Nice. I've been super into uh, Pokemon Go again. I've kind of re- rekindled my love for that. But you were, you were never into, into it to start, right? No, I never gave it a chance to go, oh, we're going to add all these features. I was like, no, you should have had them beforehand. Yeah. I'm all about Pokemon Snap coming soon. <laughs> yeah, I got, <laughs> I got my Pokedex up to like, when the game first came out in 2016, I got my Pokedex up to like 138 or something. But everything else I needed was like just not available at the time. It was like the legendaries and then like a couple like region exclusive Pokemon. And I kind of dropped off hard because I was like, why would I even play this? I don't. <laughs> uh, you buy I that have, ticket and you fly to Japan. Dave. <laughs> I have them all. I'm not really sure why I hopped back into it about a month ago, but I've been just every day throwing those Pokeballs <laughs> <laughs> up to about 300 in my decks. Nice. Yeah. So speaking of little strange creatures. I don't know if you're excited for this game. I was excited and then kind of dropped off in my excitement. But I guess Biomutant is supposed to come out sometime within the next two or three months. That's the release date? You told me that a release date. The release date is sometime the, in the next the two or three months? The release date is sometime within the first trimester <laughs> or something of 2020, which ends in about, it's going to end in about March. They called it a trimester? They call it a trimester or something. I don't get it. Okay. And this, this was like a few weeks ago. This was apparently announced. Okay. I don't get how you can be that close to release and just kind of have be so nebulous unless everyone's got, you know, cyberpunk 2077 syndrome is really afraid <laughs> of that last day one patch. Uh, it's possible. I mean, they've definitely scared some people, but <laughs> I mean, we never got a chance to talk about cyberpunk on the show, right? I wasn't, ar- I wasn't around for Not the it. Two of, I gave my first impressions, but I did talk about, that is a mess. <laughs> that is just such a joke. Like, I I don't know how you can release a game in the state that I was seeing, like, and then have the nerve to just say, "Oh, we just we didn't realize." <laughs> like, it was we we meant to send out those early reviews for the consoles. Really, we did. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's just a joke. And then all these apologies videos they keep sending out. They're just non apologies. Like. <sighs> It's super tone deaf. Like they were, they were a company that had so much goodwill after The Witcher Three. I don't know how you just, you know, blow it all up like that. Well, they like, did, and then some, and then some. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too excited to play Cyberpunk to begin with. You know, I told you I, I was going to wait for the next gen upgrade anyway. Right. But after all the the it getting delisted off PlayStation, and I don't know anyone who's played that game. And like, I know people have, that have played it, and they've said they've had fun. A lot of people at work were playing it. I ask like, how about, how's it run? Everyone's like, terrible. <laughs> there are people that are, they're putting, you know, 60 to a hundred hours into this game and they're like, yeah, it, it crashes every like 20 minutes or so. But you know, I just turned it right back on and it's fine. Is it people like, playing on the series X? Um, or old, con- the original console? No, they're all playing on PS5. Really? It crashes all the time? It, yeah. I think four guys, I, I think I know four guys from work playing it and uh, they're all just You like, know four people that have a PS5? That makes me upset because <laughs> I am not one of those people. Uh, I will say that I, on the Series X, my game has never crashed. But when I, the first day I played it, there were a bunch of weird, 
there's a bunch a lot of weird shit that was happening in my game like people falling through the sky like they were debris and pieces of paper and stuff like that yeah that all just sounds like a bad time <laughs> after all the other patches though, after the first week my game runs fine it's smooth i just don't want to play it anymore because i've gotten to the point where i'd rather play it with the next gen stuff mm-hmm. and what's the point of playing an incomplete like i want to play the series x version for this ver- uh this game but it does kind of also while i'm playing it i put hours and hours and i don't stop and then the sun comes up and i go wow i gotta go to sleep but i'm not playing it all this negative press about the game makes me go well, fuck these guys they don't deserve my time <laughs> It really is like just so shitty. Their their videos, their last video made me really mad because it really was a non-apology. Like it's like, not our fault. Hey, we're so sorry. It was the outside testers. Like what the what the <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you didn't look at your car, your game, and go, oh, this doesn't run. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just wild. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. I don't know. I'm really excited about Biomutant, but kind of like Cyberpunk, the constant push of the release date has kind of scared me off of the game. But I have been... I did, when I saw that release date announcement, I did go back and I watched some newer gameplay footage I hadn't watched before that they released. And the game does still look really fun. Of course, this is all enclosed demos of people playing the game, but it looks like it's got really nice hack-and-slash action and being able to upgrade your little raccoon mutant looks really fun. And they showed off dozens of different raccoon mutants throughout the video I watched uh, fighting. Like different, like he looks very different in each one yes because you kind of as the game goes on you kind of modify his genomes and you can also give him outfits and vehicles and it looks really really interesting and the graphics look really really good but it's just the fact that it's all enclosed stuff i haven't read one article about someone actually playing the game and the nebulous release date i'm excited to play the game i'm just very interested somebody would call it like a trimester and you know it's coming out in two months basically we're at the end of january by now so i hope it's good i've been waiting a long time for this game it's been in a development for a while i mean obviously a small publisher needs a lot of time if they're trying to make a triple a game but tsq nordic is not a small publisher well the developer is a small developer sure sure maybe sure maybe possibly (laughs) (laughs) all right now i gotta find out what what experiment 101 is up to biomutant (laughs) they actually don't have a wikipedia so they can't be up to much they're up to trying to make their one game work. Yeah. Just founded by a guy that worked uh, for Avalanche, the guys that make uh, Just Cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Don't know anything about them. But anyway, <laughs> I'm really excited to play that game. Yeah, I've been excited since, I think it was like an Xbox E3 years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about the game. It's just a, a little... Kung Fu Red Panda, and I'm on board with that. It's like an action hack and slash game, open world, but I guess the open world's pretty small and all separated into zones with multiple endings, depending on how you play and upgrade your mutant. The first gameplay I saw was that gameplay I saw like the other day. Most of it's been that one CGI sequence they showed at E3 and just them talking about the game. Yeah, I saw some gameplay like a month or two ago. I feel like I saw some gameplay. It looked fun. It looked like a hack and slash. Yeah. Um, I saw the the collector's edition looks pretty elaborate. There's a big panda statue or a raccoon statue. Who knows what the hell it is? I think it's a red panda. That makes sense. Like Master Shifu from Kung Fu Panda. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, so that'll come out. At least I think he's a red panda. (laughs) I don't know what he is. He's in a different time, man. He's a mutant. He's a little bit of everything. 
All right, so that's that. I don't know how to segue into the next thing, so you get a bad segue, Dave. It's what I've come to expect from you, Mike. <laughs> well, let's do Indiana Jones first. So that, I think that's pretty awesome news. Is that sure. we're finally getting an Indiana Jones game by... Help me out here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bethesda. Yeah. No help. God damn it. You're on your own. What games do they make? Oh, I mean, I know the Bethesda makes like the Fallout games. No, and... no, no, no. What game does the studio that's making the Indiana Jones game make? I don't remember which studio under Bethesda it is. Shit. <laughs> it's uh, Machine Games. Okay. They do uh, Wolfenstein. Okay. So Machine Games is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're Bethesda. Bethesda. Bethesda was right. Yeah. So You're just staring at me awkwardly and I wasn't sure where to go. <laughs> I didn't know which the other thing was. I was trying to think of the guy's name. Oh, uh, Todd Howard. Todd Howard. I was going to say Tim Howard. So Todd Howard, I guess, kind of hinted at it at the Game Awards because he had the little uh, statue from Raiders in his bookshelf, kind of as a tease, people are thinking. I think he does loves Indiana Jones. Who doesn't love Indiana <laughs> Jones? <laughs> uh, but I'm really excited about this game. The last game that came out on Xbox, Indiana Jones, The Emperor's Tomb, I thought was fantastic. I enjoyed the fighting system. I enjoyed... The puzzles, the gameplay, I thought it was almost a perfect Indiana Jones game. Uh, I even liked Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, which was just a bad Tomb Raider ripoff. I'm a big Indiana Jones fan, and I think that Todd Howard has the capacity to make a, a very good Indiana Jones game. You know, the Wolfenstein games are really cool, too, and they're kind of steeped in that 1940s culture. But what kind of game are we going to get? That's the question. Yeah, what kind of game are you hoping it'll be? I'm kind of hoping for like a, another third-person adventure game that's heavy on kind of brawler combat, but also a lot of puzzle solving. I also wouldn't mind something that's more of an Uncharted-type game, but I think those have kind of been done, especially with the new Tomb Raider games out and Uncharted. You know, Indiana Jones would just feel like now Indiana Jones is ripping the two of them off instead of vice versa at this point. Yeah, obviously, you know, Tomb Raider is based off of Indiana Jones and Uncharted as well, you know. If you could have a game that was more Uncharted or more Tomb Raider, which would which would you choose? I guess Tomb Raider, because I feel like the Uncharted games move too quick, mm-hmm. and you don't get an Indiana Jones game every day, and Uncharted's great, and they're very cinematic, but I feel like most of the time you're watching an Uncharted game, whereas the Tomb Raider game, there's a lot to play and a lot to explore and a lot to do. Yeah, yeah, the Uncharted games can sometimes feel like, like a rail shooter almost, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um or would you like a more like Ubisoft style game? Does See, get, I don't know if I'd want that. Big? Something something open world. Because I like the fact that Indiana Jones always needs to go from one area to another area in the world. His adventures take him to at least three or four different locations. And I think a Ubisoft game would just kind of put you in one location. Like here's Nepal, or in this case, a lot of it's hinting toward taking place in Rome and the Vatican. And it's like, all right, that's where you are. And mm-hmm. I think I'd like a game where more like Tomb Raider where some of your locations are a little smaller but maybe grander in that you can really explore it and maybe even go back to it take a plane come back to it but like many many open worlds I guess I mean the the past three Tomb Raiders have all been very much like focused on like an island or a mountain or whatever right they haven't been like those like globe trotting games like the original Tomb Raiders were right but they're also more 
I don't want to say Metroidvania-esque, but they kind of yeah, are no, in terms are. of like you can't get to certain aspects, so you get certain upgrades. Whereas a lot of Ubisoft games, like Far Cry, it's just like go ahead, go everywhere, mm-hmm. and just activate these towers. And I, I mean, that could still be fun in an Indiana Jones game, but I think I'd rather have multiple little levels. Maybe Tomb Raider with a slice of Uncharted, because I know Uncharted kind of just more does levels. Yeah. Yeah, as someone who doesn't have like a ton of affinity for Indiana Jones, like I enjoy them, but it's never been like, you know, I've I'm never champing at the bit for to watch the movies or or play an Indiana Jones game or whatever. I think the only Indiana Jones game I've played was what did you call it, Emperor's Tomb? Emperor's Tomb. Yeah. I know you you I don't know if I you lent it to me or if I was just playing it at your house one day. I remember the whip felt pretty good, but <laughs> <laughs> so with that, like to me, when I think Indiana Jones, like. I'd rather it be like a, like a Ubisoft style open world game where, you know, I'm just running around like, and there's a tomb over here to explore or like some artifact over here to collect or whatever. Um, I, I, I feel like, I feel like if they go too hard on the uncharted side of it, you're going to lose like the sense of exploration and wonder that like, I feel like an Indiana Jones game should capture, mm-hmm. you know, I just, yeah, I just don't, I don't know what the, what the right way to go is. I'm excited to see what they do though. Maybe it'll be a first person shooter. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think it's going to be first person or third no, person? No, it'll be a third person game. There's, I would hope, but there's no way you make a Indiana Jones game. <laughs> where you do can't a first see Indiana person, Jones. Like, yeah. <laughs> or the top screen is just a little circle of your hat taking up the screen the entire time. Oh, maybe that's where they put the HUD. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I hope it's good. I hope they, I hope it's, Something that, you know, spawns a, you know, a new wave of Indiana Jones games. I feel like in the 90s, there were a bunch of them, right? There were a, f- a few, yeah. yeah. A lot of point-and-click adventures like uh, Fate of Atlantis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think we'll see this game before 2025? Um, before 2025, yeah. Yeah, was that supposed to be sarcastic or is there like... Well, I know a lot of people are trying to ask, when do you think you see this game in 2023 to or 2021? And obviously, I don't think we're seeing it in 2021, but I also don't think we're seeing it in 2023. No, I'm going to say... I would say 2023. Really? Okay. I mean, all we've seen is the teaser. They said... I, be, I might be getting, you know, announcements confused, but they said nothing to show now, but we look forward to updating you in the future. Like they're telling you this is very early. Right. Um, 2023, 2024 even sounds, you know, I'm thinking 2024. Yeah. Because at this pace, if they're just starting out, they're starting out in the pandemic and we all know how slow a lot of the development of games have been lately. And then add on to that, you know, it's yeah, I mean, we're, we're, that's something that we can't really comment on. We don't know anything about developing games. <laughs> you know, the, uh, I've played my fair share of RPG makers <laughs> I mean, in Project Spark. I have to imagine the early, early phases of game development, and I, again, I have no idea, are probably the easiest to do at work from home, but who knows? I don't know. I don't know. It also depends on how early, early days and if they're making a new engine forward or just taking over the old Wolfenstein engine. Or Yeah, I have no idea. But I really don't think it'll be at least 2023 till we see this game. But I'd like them to be, because I like Indiana Jones so much, I would like a lot of updates as they're going through the game. Like, here's this concept art, or here's what we're developing here. Just really kind of tease me with it. 
But I know a lot of the times, especially for kind of Bethesda games, they kind of, we're announcing it. And you're not going to hear about it for a long time. A lot like Starlink and Skyrim. Starfield. Starfield. Yeah. Starlink was that weird game. Yeah. It was on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. But I think it'll be a long time till we see it. So I think a lot of these discussions about, do we think we'll see it next year? Kind of made me roll my ass. No, no, I think we'll, I'm I'm going to say holiday 2023 is when I think it'll be showing up. Word. Will it be Xbox exclusive? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think it will be on Game Pass. They pretty much straight out said anything from Bethesda is going to be. Yeah, no, they did say On that. Game Pass. Yeah. But I think that that would be foolish of Microsoft. I think Microsoft has a lot of, when Microsoft said they'd take case by case basis with Bethesda and stuff. I think it'd be a lot of goodwill if Microsoft put it on everything. But maybe you see the Microsoft Game Studios logo when you boot up your PlayStation game. Well, that's 100, 100% you will. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a good look for Microsoft. Uh, I don't know. Like, how much goodwill do you need to earn? At, w- at what point do you give up trying to get capitalize on stuff like that, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I think like, that's a big game to make exclusive, but so is Spider-Man. So maybe well, they do need an Indiana the, Jones. The thing with Microsoft is, yeah, they don't care if you buy the console, but they want you to get the Game Pass subscription. Like, oh, you don't have an Xbox? Don't worry about it. Don't buy an Xbox, but sign up for Game Pass. Play it on your computer. Play it on your phone, you know? Yeah. Like, obviously, this Bethesda deal is so early. We don't really know how it's going to shake out in the end. Yeah. You say case by case. To me, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means the big games are going to be multi-platform and like the small indies are going to be, or the, not indies because it's Bethesda, yeah. but the smaller titles are going to be, you know, exclusive. Everywhere. Or is it going to be the other way around where it's like, yeah, we'll put this game that people don't really know about, you know, or this game that this new idea or whatever out on every platform. But these temples like play fucking Xbox. <laughs> uh well, Phil Spencer did say that he expects within the next year or two, you can play all your Game Pass games. They'll stream onto your TV. He hopes to have them on smart TVs within yeah, the I mean, next year or two. So Makes sense. At that point, yeah, PlayStation would be, you know, screw you, buy, buy Game Pass on the TV if you want Indiana Jones. Exactly. And that, like, that's, that wouldn't be like, I don't think there's ill will or I don't think it's a bad look. No, at, at that uh, point, if he can like, get it on TVs, sorry, it's everywhere. Yeah. Like, Sorry, there's no trophies. Get the fuck over it. Like, <laughs> pay the sixty bucks and get yeah, it, Game Pass and play Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's because it's, it's not like they have like you know a a five hundred dollar gated wall to play the game. It's it, you know you don't need the console, so why put it on the competitor console? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. The only thing we know is Deathloop's going to PlayStation, mm-hmm. but it's a timed exclusive even too, so it's not like that's going to stay there. Yeah, and that's the only thing. And that was just like, they were just honoring a deal that was already made. You know? Right. I'm really excited about Indiana Jones and we'll see where it goes with Game Pass wise. And speaking of Indiana Jones, so the whole reason they announced Indiana Jones is because Disney has decided to create Lucasfilm games. Yes. Uh, which I think is really cool. Basically, they're trying to restructure how they make their games based on all their properties that they have, which I mean, really the only things you can gamify are Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and I guess Willow, when the TV show comes out, you could do mobile games. I don't think they're going to do anything big for Willow, but... Who, like Lucas Properties? Lucas Properties, yeah. I mean, Lucas Film Games has, like, a huge history of original content. But I don't know if, like, 
Sam and Max are still Lucasfilm exclusive anymore, Grim Fandango. Uh, I think other companies have bought them. I'm not sure about that. I don't know. You've got Monkey Island, I think, is still LucasArts. They might still be. They um, might be one of the few that are still LucasArts. I mean, Day of the Tentacle, I don't know what these games are now, but I mean, they <laughs> I forgot about Day of the Tentacle. They, they weren't games that I ever really cared about, to be honest. Um, but I, I feel like if we went to, you know, LucasArts or Lucasfilm Games Wikipedia and looked at the list of their games, I'm sure they're like, oh, wow, they've got a large staple of properties. But, right. But I do assume that Lucasfilm's game, you're, I think you're right that it does, will apply to, you know, basically just. It's basically that's Star Wars, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Which apparently yeah. EA does not ha- no longer have the exclusive license for them. Yeah. Um, or they they still do, but it's ending, right? We don't really know the details. Right. We were talking off air about, you mentioned that these games are so far away that they could just be preparing for that contract to end in two years. I got to be honest. I don't remember talking to you about this, but <laughs> it sounds like I made a great point. <laughs> we had talked about how... Because I mentioned how they might be dropping EA, and you said, well, it might not matter, because these games probably will come out before twenty after 2022. Yeah. So at that point, the contract will be over, and they're just preparing and making everybody excited. Yeah, I think they're currently on year eight of a 10-year deal. So, like, so long as I, I don't know how the contract is structured or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's very possible. It's like you can't, we're the only ones that can publish a game. It doesn't mean you can't announce a game or develop a game, you know? Right. So I know EA's definitely hinted that they're working on Battlefront 3. So they're still they're still making games, and they basically said, you know, we're still going to be strong into Star Wars going forward. But Ubisoft has announced that they are making a massive open world Star Wars game. Oh, massive studios! A, a yeah, it's a play on words. They're making a massive open world Star Wars game, but it's also by Massive Entertainment. Okay, it was kind of a tongue in cheek announcement. <laughs> I knew they said it was an open world game being developed by Massive. I have no idea what that men right because you know you say ubisoft is making an open world game i think oh wow that's got to be you know you know assassin's creed or watch or, or, or yeah any or, of those interchangeable ones but the studio making it massive don't get me wrong the division has a very big open world but it's a very different game than those other ones you know correct with yeah. it being like an online experience have they said that the star wars game is online there are hints that they are trying to there is online people they're trying to bring out because I know that somebody had found a job posting for the Star Wars game, including online multiplayer um, capabilities, people that can bring them in hmm. and really connect the multiplayer experience. Yeah, that, that's a game where I'm like just completely lost on as well. I have no idea what this game's going to be. Like, No one really does. I mean, you know Massive and you know The Division 1 and 2. I mean, that's their wheelhouse, but is it going to be like that? Is there going to be vehicles? Yeah, is this going to be some kind of almost MMO, which the division almost kind of is without the kind of crafting yeah, no, aspects? Yeah. No, I would say they're like Destiny, all those games, they're, they're MMOs as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I would love, I mean, I love Division 1 and 2, although I drop off pretty quick. I love those games and I love how they control and I love upgrading my weapons and how the story is kind of mixed in with the levels as you go on, but everything has infinite replayability. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see a game by massive entertainment doing these games in yeah. the Star Wars world. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, the thing with Star Wars, like when you think Star Wars, you think like you don't have one thing in mind. You don't have a certain planet you think of, maybe Tatooine, but like not really, you know? You Right. 
so it's like to make a Star Wars game, you really need to include multiple planets. So when you think open world, like, I don't know, it's just hard for me to picture what that actually is in a game. You know, I guess Jedi Fallen Order kind of does it. You know, you have your ship as like a hub to go between planets or whatever. Right. But that's not what I think of when I think of a Ubisoft game, you know? I think of the whole go anywhere, you know, do whatever you want right now in this world, like search, explore, discover, whatever I mean, tags that's, they want to use. I mean, the Division 2, you can go anywhere, but the Division 2 has some very high kind of level restrictions. Like, yeah, you can go into uh, the Upper West Side, but yeah, if like you meet one gear, bad guy, you're dead. Yeah, you like gear restrictions. Yeah. Uh, so in in that way, you can do that. And in terms of like planets like Tatooine, um, Hoth, you can always have, you know, you can go up to this, up to the mountain ranges. Maybe the mountain ranges block you off or some crap like that. Some kind of natural border that blocks your open world experience. But I think that'd be really cool. You and I have talked before about how uh, much of a great time we had playing Star Wars Galaxies when it was out. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine this being kind of a Star Wars Galaxy type type game in terms of leveling up your guns, being more of a gunslinger not being super Jedi focused, you know, not that I wouldn't mind seeing Jedi in this game, but I would love a game where pretty much everybody's one of the Han Solo smuggler, bounty hunter kind of guys, like not necessarily steeped in that part of the universe. Cause we've seen that a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's just so much stuff going on in star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so much to think about. Would you want there to be, you know, any kind of flight stuff, any kind of no fighter stuff? No, like, I, I enjoyed the vehicles in the movies, but I've never really cared for them in the games, you know? Mm-hmm. I like being a, I like being a rebel trooper or a storm trooper. I like, I just like shooting stuff with my blaster rifles or <laughs> chopping them up with my lightsabers. Um, you want a speeder bike? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one, I guess. I know that was one of the biggest things in when Destiny first came out is a lot of people wanted to fly the ships. A lot of people wanted that kind of expansion to come out. And it kind of died down as Destiny 2 was coming out. I think people realized, all right, we're not going to get that with Destiny, but I wonder if there'll be kind of an outcry with this game. I don't. Mm-hmm. I also don't think it needs flight, and I don't think it will be in there because you've got squadrons now mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I wonder how many people will kind of clamor for it. No, I, I even though it's not something that I necessarily want, I think that would be cool to have, you know, ship combat in destiny or I feel like it is something that's like, I don't, I really don't know. I'm, (laughs) I'm wavering on everything I'm saying. (laughs) I think something which I thought for destiny would be cool would be going from planet to planet and having your ship stuff be more like star Fox, not necessarily super in depth, like rogue squadron type stuff, but something more arcadey that kind of everybody can get into. So when you when they say massive open world, do you think it's something like a destiny with like the planet hopping? Because I don't really consider the destiny planet like I guess they are pretty big, but I don't think of. I know destiny is an open world game, but I don't think of it as an open world game. Neither do I, but I think in terms of the idea of all the separate planets being your world, you can go back and forth between them. I'm I'm thinking something of a division mixed with Destiny. I think that's the perfect combo, and I think that's a game I would really enjoy playing. Uh, just out of curiosity, if you could have any Star Wars game, like 
they announce it tomorrow. This is the game we're making. Is this is this genre or it's featuring this character or whatever? What what would it be? Oof. Honestly, Dave, out of all the game, I would I want a Star Wars Galaxies game again. I want it to be. This game had the right ideas, but we're gonna do it better with new technology. That's the kind of game that would suck me in. Not necessarily at the end when there were a million Jedi, but I I want something that's really immersive with multiple planets where I can play with people, where I can do missions and select things, something more open world like that. And I really can't think of a Star Wars game that's come out where it's like that. I really, really, really enjoy Jedi Fallen Order. And I really enjoyed um, Shadow of the Empire. But I think Galaxies was really hitting a lot of the right vibes for me back back in the day when it was first out before the upgrade happened. Sometimes I think that you look at galaxies with more nostalgia goggles. Oh, I absolutely do. I don't, because, I don't deny that. Because, there was a lot of stuff in the galaxies that kind of pissed me off. Well, no, like, I mean like the amount, even the amount you played it, I don't think it's as much as you think. No, I don't think I played it too, too much either. Yeah. But honestly, I don't think, although I love Star Wars and there's a lot of Star Wars games I like, including Battlefront. I don't think I was, I've put a ton of time into any of those games. Yeah, I, I I was just thinking. I don't think that like if a, if a galaxy style game came out, you say it would suck you in, you get lost in it. I don't think it would. I think you'd you know you'd play for ten hours and then you'd <laughs> find something else to do. Galaxies just also had a lot of basically, basically we'd we'd play together one time and I'd be like, ooh, I want to play with Mike more, and I'd be sitting there staring <laughs> at my friends, list hope, hoping you show up. <laughs> I think that I would play a game like Galaxies a little bit more now. Now that you have so much more free time? <laughs> no, now that I'm a little more used to like spending time upgrading a single gun and playing games like Division and, and even Destiny and stuff like that, I understand the kind of grind. Because back then I wasn't really into Diablo. I wasn't really into too many like hardcore RPG type games where that was the case. Like Knights of the Republic I love, which yes, I would love a Knights of the Republic game. Um, probably more than Galaxies. But now that I've played a lot of those games and those games have kind of those systems become the norm in every game that I think I could appreciate something like galaxies a lot more. Mm-hmm. Galaxies also had a huge grind to it. And I don't like a huge grind or if you're going to put the grind in, make it fun, which I think the division really does like shooting feels fantastic in the division. So something twitchy with kind of galaxies esque stuff would be perfect for me. I just like the idea of going to these planets and going up on my ship and seeing space and warping to the new worlds and stuff like that. That's what I want to see. Mm. But I don't really have a game in mind. It'd be tough for me. Because there's so much in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. there's like just infinite possibilities. What's your perfect Star Wars game? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that the Clone Wars and Rebel and like the all those shows have done a really good job fleshing out Darth Maul as a character, mm-hmm. like from going from this kind of like, I think he has like one line in episode one, but you know, basically a voiceless imposing figure to making him like this really intriguing character with all these like rises and falls and serious mental health issues. <laughs> and um, So I, I would love to see a game where you play as a Darth Maul in maybe like as like a, Maybe not quite Force Unleashed, maybe not quite that over the top as some of the stuff in Force, Force Unleashed got, but like, I wouldn't mind going on an adventure with Darth Maul. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, 
like, um, you know, I don't think there's ever been, and I don't even know if it's necessarily what I would want. I like a Star Wars, like horror game. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, like what character you'd put as the protagonist in that, but just like almost like, I'm thinking like almost dead space, but you know, but with Star Wars. You can absolutely, I mean, Star Wars has a couple maybe, of horror novels out. Maybe you actually play as, you know, Han Solo in your ships, you know. Maybe not the Falcon, the Falcon might not be big enough, but, you know, you're, it's something's going on in your ship and there's some sort of creature on your ship or whatever, you know. Yeah, maybe know. he gets tractor beamed into an Imperial base and that base has some bad stuff going on or, yeah, you can absolutely do some creepy stuff with Star Wars. That'd be cool. Yeah. And yeah. also KOTOR 3. <laughs> and... I still don't think I've ever played a Star Wars game like where I really got to like use a jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> they took that from you, Dave. They took the Boba Fett game away. Like I had one Galaxies, but it was kind of like it was just a vehicle. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they have it in Battlefront, right? Yeah, they have jetpacks in Battlefront. Yeah. But only I think one class has the jetpack. I w- I'd love to play a Mandalorian game too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Star Wars Bounty Hunter is a Mandalorian game. Has there ever been a Star Wars Muso, like a Dynasty Warrior style game? No, I don't think so. That could be cool too. I don't know. <laughs> that could be your. Oh, that would be more like a. I could see a Darth Vader type game being more like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You don't know. A lot yeah. of possibilities. And now that EA doesn't have the exclusive license, we might see that. You know, now you pitch your Star Wars game, and if it's good, they say go for it. Mm-hmm. So. Let me get a Star Wars Metroidvania. Let me get them all. Just get a just. It's called Jedi Fallen Order. No, 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 no. I want two D side scroller. Okay. <laughs> Bring back Jedi Outcast. Bring them all. Just give me everything. Listen, just pitch them, and you're good. Go make some money. <sighs> so much work. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of work. Have you seen the scripts for games? When people write out the scripts? No. They're like tomes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> But I, I'm really excited for the future, like what the future holds, not just for this open world Star Wars game, but like Star Wars games in general now, now that everyone has access. I think it's a much more competitive market. I think EA will have to step up their game. I think people will make smaller tier Star Wars games and larger tier Star Wars games. Like, where are my little pod racer guys? Where the, you know, your kind of educational pit droids game where you're teaching kids about math and stuff like that. Like the Star Wars franchise is perfect for those kind of games. Yeah, and there was like a 20-year period where Star Wars games ruled the Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then they kind of just dipped. They just stopped making them. The other day, a few weeks ago, I was in my all of my Xbox library just looking at the games in alphabetical order, and it's like, my Xbox 360 and Xbox, you know, Series X and Xbox One games shouldn't only have like three Star Wars titles in them, two of them being Battlefront. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's sad. Compared to my original Xbox, PlayStation 2, all that had so many. Yep. But that time is over, Dave. The drought is over. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Well, Dave, that's all I got for this episode. You got anything else you want to bring up? Nah. Nah? Nah. <laughs> all right, then. Join us next week where we'll talk about Hitman 3. Among other things. Among (laughs) other things. (laughs) So for Two Player Bros, I'm Mike. That's fucking Dave over there. (laughs) Stay safe and keep on gaming.